Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Well, if you know me, you know that I'm going to draw. I'm going to use this whiteboard a lot. I like drawing stuff. And um, I want to share this, this message that's very close to my heart. Um, those, of those, those of you who know us know that we worked with orphans most of our 20s and early 30s. And so orphans are very close to our heart. But I really felt the Father speak to me and say, your assignment has not changed in this season. As you were ministering to orphans, physical orphans, in Russia, so here you are still bringing spiritual orphans to be adopted by their heavenly daddy. So I just want to talk about the heavenly adoption and just two places out of which we can live. And I want to propose that whatever place you live out of, whether from the orphan place or from the place of sonship, is going to determine your life experience. Okay? So I'm going to draw a little chart that a lot of you are already familiar with. That's kind of my base of operation here. So basically, heaven and earth. And so who's in heaven? God, right? God the Father, God, you know, the Trinity. And who was placed on the earth? So Adam and Eve, right? So here they are. And who else? Satan. So I came up with a super cool picture for Satan, y'all. He is a snake. So like this and like this. Satan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> wow, my art is really paying off today, isn't it? It's like <laughs> impressive. <laughs> and I'm confident. <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. So throw out some things that are in heaven. Tell me some things that are in heaven. Angels. Help. Abundance, right? Abundance. Peace, music, joy, fun, love. Unlimited, right? So the way it was set up in the beginning was for Adam and Eve to function in all of that, right? It says that they would walk around with God. There was, was there any barrier in them? Did uh, Eve ever think like, oh my gosh, I'm fat? <laughs> right? 
Did she ever think like, oh my gosh, something is wrong with my hair? <laughs> Did she ever think, oh my gosh, my husband is not shaping up? <laughs> right? Like they were pretty content, right, where they were. Who was determining how good they were? God, right? They were totally defined and saw themselves through the grid, through the lens of God. And did they see anything wrong with themselves? Like, they were awesome. They would just would hang out, had this Eden is, is translated as pleasure. So it was just the garden of pleasure. It was amazing. And they were not like, wow, we just, you know, it's not enough or whatever. It was completely enough, right? They were enough. God was amazing. Their relationship with God was amazing. So what happened? <laughs> the snake. <laughs> the snake. So what did the snake sell them? What did he come in and say? Yes. So let's read it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say, say? <laughs> you must not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. And the, certain, the serpent said to the woman, you will not certainly die. Okay? So I want to propose that as they stepped into this conversation with Satan and came into agreement with him, not, they just, not that they only um, sinned and lost you know, connection with God, but they also put on a pair of glasses. Right? So whatever Satan saw in God, they started seeing. And all of a sudden, their view has changed, right? They saw themselves as naked, which means not enough. Did they ever notice before that they lacked anything? Like they never, never, that thought has never come into their minds, right? And then they would hide from God because they thought that he was going to, that he was not good anymore towards them, that he was not on their side. And I want to propose that ever since, the entire humanity has looked through that lens, right? That I'm not good enough. I'm not good, right? And a lot of church teaches that you are bad, you're, you're warm, you're sinful, you're just depraved, awful, have to keep peeling yourself like an onion to get to something good, <laughs> right? And then the religion tells us that we have to walk through all these levels to get back up to God because God doesn't really, is not really on our side, right? We have to somehow appease him. We, um, so I grew up atheist. But, you know, whatever I heard about God was, you know, the, pretty much the only thing I knew. 
that if you did laundry on Sunday, God was going to strike you. <laughs> this, like, my knowledge of God was limited to that, right? Like, we didn't believe that God even existed, but just in case, if you did laundry on Sunday or cleaned your house, you better be ready, right? <laughs> so that's religion in a nutshell, right? So the lies that came in, I'm not good enough. Enough? Well, I'm not good, and God is not good, right? So I want to propose that the entirety of the Old Testament, people are seeing God through that lens, right? Trying to measure up, trying to shape up, failing miserably, never good enough. Whew. And as Jesus comes, he is so different, right? From their picture of the Father, that they honestly do not recognize him, right? It's just, he's so bizarre. He's like, does not fit any category of this vengeful God with, you know, Thor, <laughs> with lightning, right? Yeah, you know, that is just sitting out there, big policeman, big baddie in the sky waiting to strike you. Three strikes and you're out, right? <laughs> step to the right, step to the left, you're out, right? So that's not the Father. And when Jesus comes, he's so different, right? He's hanging out with people he's not supposed to hang out with. He's healing everybody. He doesn't say to a single person, wow, God has given you this cancer to teach you a lesson. Right? He does not say to a single person, it's not your time to get healed. Come back on Friday. Right? Everyone who comes to him, what happens to them? They get healed, right? And it's hard for people to reconcile what Jesus is walking in with the image of the Father, right, that they have. And for many of us, too, right? A lot of us are okay with Jesus, but it's like, the Father, I don't know about him. <laughs> Let's keep him, like, out there. <laughs> too risky. But what does it say in John? Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. Where is he the way to? The Father. Right? Jesus came. Jesus died to make the way to the Father. Wow. And so we have an opportunity to go from here, from where Satan defines our reality, where we're never good enough, where God is not good and therefore cannot be trusted. We can go up here. And where does it say we're seated? In heavenly places with Christ. Right? 
So as believers, we are invited to come up here and live in this place of sons and daughters, which is like completely different game plan, completely different. But I want to say that a lot of us, I don't know, because of the lies we believed or the religious background, are living in the place where the older son has lived in the parable of two sons. Okay, so here's the scripture. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. So yeah, I mean, everyone knows the story of the two sons, right? The first guy who um, has requested his inheritance and take, took it and just squandered it, right? And just said, Father, I can do it without you. Um, you know, adios. And just took off, right? And did his own thing. But I don't know about you, I can relate more to the other son, right? Who stayed and was very faithful and worked really, really hard to earn his gold stars. And was like, wow. Like, it's really not working out for me. <laughs> Like, I'm working really hard over here. I'm doing all the right things, and my life sucks. Right? And so here is this part of his conversation with the father. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has, has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat. So I could celebrate with my friends. So when his, the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is whose. What? I want to ask a question. How many of us are still living over here as orphans? and are not having access to everything that the Father has for us. How many of us are still out here in the fields when we have full access to the Father's house with every provision? Hmm. With all the space imaginable. Ah. With having going with us everywhere we go. Wow. What if we can trade in this identity and this lens of never having enough, of I'm always rejected, I'm always forgotten, there is not enough space for me, everyone else is getting to walk in their destiny and have what they want and what they desire, but I'm always left out. 
right? An orphan. There is not enough space for me. When someone starts succeeding, I get mad because I should be doing that, right? Who has experienced it, especially if it's close to your destiny, when someone starts moving in something that's close to your heart and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> Father, you love them so much more. Why not me? I, I have to be honest, I struggle with it. I mean, especially if it's like close, close, right? Like your dream. Someone is getting to do your dream, right? Someone is getting, well, I don't know, whatever your dream is. Someone is getting married. Someone is getting a promotion. Someone is getting to walk in this ministry that you've always wanted, right? And so if we are living out of the orphan heart, you're going, no, why not me? <laughs> right? What is the son saying? Wow. If you were this good to this son or daughter, how good are you going to be to me? <laughs> if they're getting to do this, I'm going to do it like even more. It's going to be even more amazing for me. Right? It's a completely different headspace. Jesus talked about, he said, you know, the works I'm doing, you're going to do what? Even more, even greater. Right? So he's the firstborn of the brothers, and we are invited into that family. We are placed smack dab into the Trinity through Jesus. We're invited. We're adopted. All the resource of heaven, all the heaven comes behind us because we're adopted. Ha, ha, ha. Like there is nothing impossible because you are adopted. You are not left out. You are not rejected. You are not left behind, uh, you know, contrary to the great series. <laughs> you are not, you know, just somewhere out there. You are not bad. You are not damaged. You are not ruined. You are good because he says you are, because you are his son, you're his daughter, and he defines, right? The tree of, good, of, of knowing good and evil is us defining ourselves, us determining who the heck I am, <laughs> how good I am, how bad I am, whatever. What if I don't get to define that? What if God the Father defines it? And, you are say, and he's saying, you are perfect. <laughs> like, I just get a giggle every time I look at your sweet face. <laughs> you are just perfect. You are beautiful. You are glorious. You are made for my purposes. You are invited into family business, right, of bringing heaven to earth. That's our family business. You have a place. No one can take your place. You don't have to compete. You don't have to see who is going and doing what. You have your own space. You have your own destiny that I have prepared for you before the foundation of the world. 
Wow. Jesus. For those who are led by the Spirit, Romans 8, 14 through 16, by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. It's a supernatural thing. Jesus has done it, right? We just say yes. We just say yes and we step into it. We step into all of this because of, G of what Jesus has done. And we don't get to determine anymore our value. He does. He has prepared the destiny for us. He has prepared the provision for our destiny, everything we need. He has he's given us authority, right, to push, down, to push back the kingdom of the enemy, the, right, to walk on the earth and everything that does not look like heaven. We have the authority to say no, in Jesus' name, no, right? Enemy, go. Sickness, go. Relational dysfunction, go. Whatever it is, we have the authority because we are sons and daughters. But just like Jesus, as a son, walked in total surrender to the Father, right? We don't just get to go out there and just do whatever. The, the sonship is an invitation of walking in fellowship with the Father. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing, right? That's the invitation for a son and a daughter to constantly be a part. Father, what are you doing here? I want to be a part of that. It's not a self-sufficient, self-protected, right? It's not a life of survival. Orphans are the best at survival, right? From working with orphans for all those years, they're good. But it's not a life of survival, right? It's stepping into this place of where I know that I'm just a girl, but everywhere I go, big God goes. <laughs> Right? So there is not a situation that I walk into that I'm like, oh my word, I have nothing to offer. Yeah. Every situation, my daddy is with me. We're holding hands. Right? I'm here speaking. I'm just a girl. But my dad is with me. He holds my hand. He goes everywhere I go. So I want to invite us this morning to do an exchange of the lens of the enemy that says, 
that I'm not good enough and that God is not good, that somehow he's holding out on me, that somehow delay is denial. Somehow, for each one of us, it's going to be different, right? It's going to be a different, a different set of lies that we believe that's holding us back. So close your eyes right now. And just say, Holy Spirit, show me what lies do I believe about the Father. And I'm going to just name several of them. If they um, go together with yours, just, just say, Lord, I repent for believing a lie that you are far away. Lord, I, be, I repent for believing a lie that you cannot be trusted. That you do not have my best in mind. That you are severe and hard to approach. That you disapprove of me that I have to work really, really hard to be accepted by you. Lord, I repent for believing a lie that you are silent and that you're giving me the silent treatment. I repent for believing the lie that you are rejecting me, that you are punishing me. Just whatever those are for you, it's going to be specific and individual for each one of us. A lot of times, depending on what kind of father experience we've had, it's going to be connected to what we believe about God the Father. Um, for me personally, a lot of times, it's just that God is distant. My dad was there, but we didn't, never had a heart connection. And just if you can just imagine God the Father before you, just hand, hand all those lies to him. Just say, here you go, Daddy. I'm so sorry I believed all this crap about you. And Father, I just ask you to show me the truth about who you are. What are you like towards me? And just start receiving the truth. Father, I receive the truth that you are never separate from me. I receive the truth that you are pleased with me. I receive the truth that you are chasing after my heart. That you want to talk with me and be with me so much even more than I want it. That you have paid the ultimate price to be with me. Lord, I renounce the lie that somehow I'm not good enough to be with you, to be accepted, to walk in the destiny you have prepared for me. Lord, and I receive the truth that... You love me. You have justified and purified me completely. You are making, you are growing me up. 
thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. We just love you. If you've never come close to the Father, just right now, just ask Holy Spirit. to draw you close to the Father, for you to have an experience with the Father. Holy Spirit, I just ask you, Lord, that you just take people to hear the Father's heart, to be so close, to be so close. Just invite us as we go into worship right now. I just want to invite us to start a conversation with the Father, to draw close, to draw near. If you've never drawn near, just, Jesus, just give them courage right now to draw near. Holy Spirit, Spirit of adoption, I just ask you that you come and supernaturally adopt people into the family of God. Let's all stand. <clears throat>